goes around here. Okay, so Pastor told me about he was going to be going on vacation. He told me a long time ago. And it was so long ago that it's like, oh, that's way off in the future. And I've had a lot of time to think about it. But, of course, it's come down to the last minute like I always do things. But I did know what I was going to preach about, and I've known that for quite a while. Um, in the Bible, one of the most uh, familiar characters in the Bible is, of course, King David. And, matter of fact, if you were to kind of take a the st- statistics of who was in the Bible, most had the most chapters about them. David is is right up there among the top. You know, you've got Jesus. Who's pretty much the whole Bible is about him, right? Uh, Moses has a lot. In, in the first uh, five books of the Bible, you know, you might think, well, Abraham's got quite a few. Yeah, he does. Not near as many as David. Not even close. Uh, Isaac, Jacob, not even close to what, what, what is written about David. And that's just what's written about David. Not even counting the, it's, it's attributed that probably at least half of the Psalms, David wrote those. So when we think of David, it's, that's, he's a pretty, pretty prominent figure in the Bible. And he is referred to a lot of times by Jesus himself in the Gospels. Uh, of course, Jesus, uh, one of the names of Jesus is Son of David. Uh, the, the, uh, the kingly uh, line that Jesus is in, David is the beginning of that. So uh, when I was, when I said, when I was talking about, and actually I, when I started thinking about one of some interesting characters in the Bible that go along with David, I had to think of Jonathan, and the other one was Joab. So next week, get ready, Joab is our, our message next week. And I think David's relationship with Jonathan and David's relationship with Joab uh, kind of have two, you might say, chapters in David's life. And, of course, the one was before David was actually the active king, and then Joab was with David when he was when he was uh, king of Israel. So let's talk about David and Jonathan. I have a, have a picture up here. And this is a picture of my Bible when I was a kid. I got this Bible when I was a kid from my grandma. And there was a picture in it that says, Jonathan and David are friends. Okay? That kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. But I don't think it really explains how good of friends they were. And that's what we'll talk about a little bit today. So let's talk. Let's start about Jonathan. Jonathan was a prince, the oldest son of King Saul of the tribe of Benjamin. He was heir to the throne of Israel, of course, being the oldest son of the king. And of course, the things he was trained in, military tactics. Uh, he had his own armor, his own sword, his own uh, belt, and and all the things he needed for war. And he was successful as a mighty warrior. Also. Uh, he was a great man of faith in God and a righteous man who looked for God, who looked to God for guidance. And we can see evidence of these things uh, starting in 1 Samuel chapter 14, where it says, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. That right there shows his great faith in God and how God is the one who can fight your battles for you, even if you haven't got a lot of people with you. 
Verse 8, it says, Jonathan said, Behold, we will cross over to the men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place. We will not go up to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has given them into our hand, and this shall be the sign to us. So both of them, being Jonathan and his armor bearer, showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. The Philistines said, Look, Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they've hidden themselves. So they're kind of starting to make fun of them. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. I think that's funny. He's like, Hey, come on up. We'll show you something. Well, uh, Jonathan, that's kind of what the, the sign he was looking for. Because he says, Come up after me, for the Lord has given them into, into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet, and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, killed after him. And that first strike, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, killed about 20 men within, as it were, a half a furrow's length of an acre of land. So about a half an acre of land, there was 20 guys. Jonathan and his armor bearer climbed up. And they say, yeah, come on up. We'll show you something. Well, the Philistines weren't the ones who were doing the showing. They were the ones that were doing the perishing because Jonathan and his armor bearer killed 20 of them right there in that little area. And there was a panic in the camp and the field, and among all the people, the garrison, and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked, and it became a very great panic. So now, this is where God comes in. He's, he is fighting for Jonathan and, and his armor bearer and, and, his, and Israel. Uh, caused an earthquake, caused a lot of confusion in the camp. And there became a very great panic. And let's skip to verse 20. It says, Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied, and went into the battle, and behold, every Philistine's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great confusion. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed beyond Bethaven. So after Jonathan had made the first initial strike, killed 20 men, the Lord come in, caused an earthquake, caused a lot of confusion. The Philistines were even killing each other. They were killing their own guys because they were so confused. They didn't know what was happening. They were just swinging their swords, you know, everywhere. And... Uh, they ran, and, and Israel chased them, and uh, Israel won the battle that day. So that shows De uh, Jonathan's uh, great faith in God, looked to him for guidance, and also his, his, uh, his stature as a mighty warrior. Now in contrast, David. David was a shepherd. The youngest son of Jesse from Bethlehem, uh, which is of the tribe of Judah. He was trained in keeping sheep. And he played a harp. His weapons were a sling and a stone and a shepherd's staff, much different than Jonathan. David was anointed to be king of Israel, though, in place of Jonathan. And he was also a great man of faith in God, and the Lord called him a man after his own heart. And you know, one of the most familiar stories in the Bible is, of course, the defeat of the great Philistine champion Goliath by David and his slingshot. And if you remember that, or if you know that story, which most people do, David called out to Goliath before the battle and said, The fight is the Lord's, and the Lord would deliver Goliath into his hand, and he did just that. You know, David, just like Jonathan, looked to God to say, Hey, is, are we going to be successful this day? God fought for them, uh, just like he fought for Jonathan and Israel that day. God fought for David against Goliath and Israel on, on the day of on that the day of, of Goliath's defeat. 
1 Samuel 17, 57 says, And as soon as David returned from the striking down of the Philistine, Abner took him. Abner was, uh, was the leader of, the, of Saul's army. So Abner took him, brought him before Saul, with the head of the Philistine in his hand. So David, just fresh off the kill, had Goliath's head in his hand. That's like his trophy. Um, and he comes before Saul. And Saul said to him in verse 58, says, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. And go on into chapter 18. It says, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. So as 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 David is coming in with his, with, with his trophy from the defeat of Goliath and 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 Jonathan, you know, and but the thing is, it's not like this is probably the first time that Jonathan has ever met David, because up until this time, David has already been anointed at, at this time uh, to become the future king. Um, and Saul, the spirit of God has departed from him, but God tormented Saul with a, with an evil spirit, it says in the scriptures. Um, but how would he be comforted? David would come and play his harp for him, and uh, he would he would comfort Saul, and, and the evil spirit would leave him, and he would calm down. Um, so I'm sure that Jonathan had seen David around the palace because of what David was doing for his, his father. But it was after this time that there was there was a there was something that made Jonathan w want to be like a brotherly friend to to uh, to David at this time as he loved him as his own soul. And this friendship of Jonathan and David was sealed by a covenant before God, and this is what made them some of the best best friends that have ever ever lived. As Jonathan gave David his royal robe, his armor, and his weapons, he was already pledging his loyalty to the future king, even though Jonathan himself could you know, lay claim to the throne being the first son of, of the current king. But Jonathan, unlike his father Saul, knew that God's will was for David to be king instead of him, and he was okay with that. Uh, the jealousy of Saul was what drove him to want to get rid of David and kill David. But Jonathan always tried to stand in the way of his father to protect his friend. The jealousy that Saul had towards David, Jonathan had no part of it. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was a true friend. First uh, Samuel 19.1, it says, And Saul spoke to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, Saul, my father, seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I will go out, stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak to you. I speak to my father about you. And if I learn anything, I will tell you. And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, because his deeds have brought good to you. For he took his life. In his hand, and he struck down the Philistine, and the Lord worked a great salvation for all of Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. 
Why then will you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? You know, David or J Jonathan is just trying to reason with his father at this time. Hey, David did a great thing, and you were happy when he did it then. Why are you trying to kill him now? He's done nothing but good things for you. Uh, so why do you want? Why do you want to kill him? And at this time, in verse six, it says, "Saul, listen to the voice of Jonathan." Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan reported to him all these things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. So there was a little bit of reconciliation and, and some peace there between Saul and David at this time. Um, it did not last long, though. Uh, also in the course of this, uh, Saul gave his one of his daughters to be uh, David's wife for a time. But as I said, that peace between Saul and David did not last long. Uh, the jealousy that Saul toward David reared his ugly head again, as we can see in verse 20. Uh, David uh, fled for his life. It said Then David fled from Naoth in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And Jonathan said to him, Far from it, you should not die. Behold, my father does not does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. So Jonathan's telling David, says, ah, don't worry, David. My father, Saul, he always tells me everything, and what am I going to do? I'm just going to tell you. Because <laughs> they were such close friends. But David vowed again, saying, your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes, and he thinks, do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So David is concerned. He knows that that at any time Saul could could get could get to him and, and kill him. But Jonathan says to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. And if we skip to verse 12, it says, And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day, behold, if he was well disposed toward David, shall I not send it disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord... Do so to Jonathan Moore also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safely. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. Uh, so Jonathan just has given, given David the assurance that if I find out that my father was going to kill you, then I will let you know. I will tell you, and we will, we will have a plan, and you will not die. You will be safe. Um, you know, and and this is. This is really significant, I think, and maybe even more so than what we think, because you have a a son here who is really kind of rejecting his father instead, and go you know going with who his best friend is in David. And like I said before, this son is the apparent heir to the throne, and. He's even given that up because he knows that God's will is for David to have that have that honor. Um, in verse 14, it says, If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies 
And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. So here we see Jonathan knows that God is going to fight for David, and he's going to have vengeance on David's enemies one day. And when that happens, he knows one of David's enemies is Saul, obviously, because Saul's trying to kill him. And so Jonathan's already seeing, hey, when God has vengeance on your enemies, don't forget about me. Don't forget about my family. Don't cut us off completely. You know, throw us a bone, I guess you might say. Um, and they made that covenant, and and, and David did swear the, of, of the love that they had. Um, so at, at this time, there was going to be a feast at King Saul's house that would happen at the beginning of each month. Every month, uh, the the sons of, of this king would, would gather together, and David would go to because he was a son-in-law, uh, and the, uh, the the captain of the, the army would be there. Uh, they would be they would go there and dine each month and have a feast. But David was not going to be there this month, and he asked Jonathan to find out if it was safe for him or if Saul still wanted to kill him. So uh, they they devised a, they just devised a plan. And in chapter 20, verse 30, Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said to him, You son of a, of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. So we see here, Saul, he is still jealous. He's still wants David out of the picture because he knows that David is the threat to his kingdom. Uh, and he is insulting his son Jonathan uh, and his mother and telling him, hey, you are just telling Jonathan, you're not getting it because this man, David, he is the one that is going to keep you from becoming king. Jonathan, by this time, though, has already accepted that. He knows and he's okay with it, because that's the difference between him and his father. Then Jonathan, in verse 32, Then Jonathan answered Saul's father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled a spear at him to strike him, so that Jonathan knew his father was determined to put David to death. So at this point, Saul is so angry and so frustrated and so, so you might say, insane uh, about what's going on that he actually even tries to kill his own son with a spear by throwing, you know, by throwing it at him, uh, which is something he's also tried to do to David at this point too. But uh, Jonathan's attempts to restore David to fellowship with his father uh, don't work this time. And he himself, he only narrowly escapes uh, his father's spear. So Jonathan now finally realizes that the unstoppable nature of his father's insane anger and jealousy against David, and he tells David it's time to flee before David, uh, you know, is killed himself. But before David goes, they reaffirm their covenant that, of their great friendship. In chapter 20, verse 41, it says, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times, and they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn, both of us, in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my offspring and your offspring forever. 
And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. And at this point, David would go into hiding uh, on the word of what his friend Jonathan had told him. And at this point, Jonathan, like I said, David is, he's in hiding, he's in exile. He, he actually ends up kind of living with the Philistines for a little bit, little bit of time there. Uh, but later on, Jonathan will seek out David one more time, and this appears to be their last time together. And Jonathan at this time encourages David and again puts himself under David. Uh, you got to think here, like I said, David is in exile. He's being pursued by uh, King Saul and the army of Israel. Uh, no matter where he goes, he's, he's always continually going to be chased. He's, he's like... He's like prey that's, that's being chased by a predator. Um, and that's got to be a lot of stress on, on someone when that's, when that's the, the situation you're in. And David, uh, you can even see some of the psalms he wrote. Is, is he he's, talks about his great distress that he's in because uh, the, uh, the way Saul is, is, is seeking his life. Uh, in 1 Samuel 23, 15, it says, David saw that, Saul, that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of, of Zip at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horesh, and Jonathan went home. So Jonathan came to David, uh, gave him some encouragement. David, don't worry. You will be king in Israel, and I will be under you. I will be your second second to you. You are going to be the king. Um, and he said, and he also says, and Saul also knows this. And so that was, that was a good encouragement to David, and they renewed their covenant. Um, and we see here once again that Jonathan had no envy or jealousy for David, only brotherly love and respect because of his faith in God and what God's will was. However, this, uh, after this, Jonathan isn't mentioned again until chapter 31 of 1 Samuel when he obediently goes with his father to fight against the Philistines, only to be killed in battle. Saul also is mortally wounded during this battle, and he commits suicide. But we can see from this, Jonathan's life is an example of true friendship and character marred by an insane father's jealousy and rage against his dear friend. And when David hears the news of his friend's death, he writes a song honoring Saul and Jonathan. And we can find that in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 1, starting verse 19. This is part of it here, some excerpts from it. It says, Your glory, O Israel, is slain on your high places, how the mighty have fallen. Verse 23 says, And Saul and Jonathan, beloved and lovely in life and in death, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Your daughters of Israel weep over Saul, who clothed you luxuriously in scarlet, who put ornaments of gold in, on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan lies slain on your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant have you been to me. Your love to me was extraordinary, surpassing the love of women. 
how the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. Uh, David obviously is is very distraught of of the loss of his friend, uh, and even oh, he's I mean he's even uh, sad over the, the the death of Saul, the one who was after him because he knew uh, Saul Saul was the Lord's anointed, and that's why David wouldn't ever reach out himself to kill Saul, even though he had the chance a few times. Uh, David's respect for Jonathan, uh, I think, even was extended towards Saul just because of his great love for Jonathan. Uh, and later on, just as Jonathan had requested, David later honors, honors the covenant with his fallen friend by taking in Jonathan's crippled son. In 2 Samuel 9, verses 6 and 7, it says, And Mephibosheth, how would you like to name your kid Mephibosheth, Josh? Is that a good name for a son? Huh? She won't do it? Mephibosheth. Think about it, Jesse. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I restore to you all the land of Saul your father, and you shall eat at my table always. Of course, this is after David himself had become king, and he wanted to make sure that if there was anyone left in the household of Jonathan, that that they were taken care of. Uh, and John and, and Miss Phoebusheth, as I said, was was he says he was crippled in his feet. So he was going to have a hard time taking care of himself anyway. So this was a real blessing to, to him that that he was going to be able to eat at the king's table every every day uh, and be taken care of. So I got four points here uh, about true friends, true Christian friends. The first one says, a true friend loves you as he loves himself. The way that these two men love each other a good example of what Jesus says about the, the two greatest commandments of God. And we find those in Matthew chapter 22. Verse 37 says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then Jesus says, And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Uh, Jonathan and David had a true love for, for God and for his word, and they had a love for each other as their own selves. Uh, you know, it's interesting that this is before Jesus actually said these, many, many years before Jesus actually said this, but it was already being practiced by Jonathan and David to love uh, their true friends and their, their neighbors as they loved their own souls. Uh, Second point, a true friend loves no matter what, good or bad. This from Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So no matter what situation you're in, it's a good situation, it's a bad situation, a true friend will be there for you. Uh, and a brother is born for adversity, the last part of that verse, you know, that's, that's really when a true friend shines through the best is when you're having trouble. You've got somebody to go to, uh, and they, they will help you. 
And that brings me to the next point. The true friend helps you find strength in God. And as we read earlier in in uh, 1 Samuel 23:16, Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David and Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. As I said, David, this was at a point, a low point in David's life when he was really and had a lot of stress because of the way he was being pursued by Saul. But Jonathan came, gave him comfort, gave him encouragement, uh, and strengthened his hand in God. Also, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now this, being from the New Testament, directly relates to current believers. We should also be encouraging one another, uh, always building one, or, one another up, giving each other the strength in God uh, the way true friends should. Because we're all going to have problems, we're all going to have troubles in life, but... When we come here together at church and fellowship, that's a great way to help us to get over uh, all, the, all the issues of life. And finally, a true friend is a gift from God. Not only does God grant us friends in life, but Jesus taught us by example that everything we need to know about friendship. He offers us the greatest friendship imaginable. In John 15, Starting in verse 12, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. And this was uh, one of the great things that Jesus gave uh, he gave us a, the gift of God's word. He told his disciples, hey, you're not just my servants. You are my friends. And this is why I've told you and taught you all these things all this time we've been together. Uh, this is why I've given you the word of God so that it can help all of you through the rest of your life. Um, and, of course, there's that gift of salvation that Jesus gave us too. Uh, and he said, greater love hath no man than, than he's willing to give his life die for his friends. Jesus loved us so much uh, that he died for us on the cross. What better of an example of friendship is, is that? And uh, as I close today, so I guess the band to come forward here. Um, as I close today, it's, if, if there's anyone here that has never realized that they need that true friend of Jesus, and uh, they've never accepted that free gift of salvation, hey, it's, it's not too late. It can always be done. And if you've got any questions about that, uh, there are several of us here that would love to help show you the way to salvation in Jesus Christ. So uh, let's close in prayer, and then we'll have our song. Dear Lord, we thank you for uh, this great example of friendship and David and Jonathan, and uh, how it is a, a picture of, of the great friendship that, that Jesus has for, for all of mankind when he died for our sins on the cross. Uh, Lord, I pray that if anybody here today does not know that, they are, going to, they are going to have a home in heaven someday that they will know that they do need a Savior because of their sin and that they will accept Jesus as that Savior. Uh, we thank you for all that you do. 
Uh, please be with those today that are not here, as well as all of us that are. Please bring us all back safely together next week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.